Do you want to get smarter about your health but feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction? Well, I deeply understand that, and that's why I want to find a source that we both could trust, you and me, and I found this podcast. So let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter, healthier choices every single week. And don't just take my word for it. (laughs) Avid podcast fan Joanne's Apple Review says this. Joanne's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is always informative and always understandable. And that she's definitely a healthier person listening to this and following Zoe's advice, which I love. We love sources that you can trust. And if you're ready to join millions of others like Joanne, transforming their health and like me, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to your podcast. I promise you will not regret it. It is an awesome show and I've learned so much from it. Go check it out. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Truly wanting to make a change and truly wanting to create an impact can become so personally draining. But regardless, those of us who see the change that needs to be made in the world continue to step up and continue to speak our truth no matter how personally draining it may be. But what if there was a way to do so that allowed us to find balance and to lead with radical love, joy, and abundance? It almost sounds too good to be true, but that is what we're going to open up the conversation about today. Well, we're going to open up the conversation about many things, but that is one of the things that we will be talking about. But with every conversation of this importance and this much magnitude, there is so much nuance, layers upon layers of shades of gray, and that is what we're going to dive into today the nuances, the layered messiness, knowing that some truths are not this or that or either or, but rather the shades in between and both and. More personal, more vulnerable, more open, more fucking real than ever. Who's ready to strip down and dive in? I'm Taylor Rose and this is Skinny Dipping, the rebirth. You've arrived at your destination. Today I have the perfect person to talk about this with. Kim Syra is a queer immigrant, an activism writer, an Asian American artist, a content creator, a soulful advocate, and most importantly, above all, she is human. And a beautiful human, I would say so myself. As soon as I walked in, I was like, she is glowing, she is glowing, she is beautiful. I was just like, whoa, seeing you in real life, like, you're stunning. Like, I mean, you're stunning online, but like, in real life, like, extra 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 like truly she's here to just be human and to highlight asian joy expression and self-love i've been following kim for about a year now and i've noticed that she is simultaneously graceful and badass all at once which that's an amazing combo i haven't quite found that for myself yet and she's also the perfect balance of intuitively outspoken and a thoughtful listener and a thoughtful thinker a nuanced human being for this nuanced conversation. Kim's energy shines through in literally everything that she does. Literally, she's one of the most vibrant human beings that I have met on social media. Her energy just shines through as soon as you see her, as soon as you meet her. It's just so evident that she has this cardinal energy flow. She's put on this planet to create and explore and just be, and I am so fucking grateful to get to know Kim. I am so grateful. Skinny Dipping fam, let's welcome on Kim. Say hello, you're on the mic. Ah! Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay, first of all, that intro, but second of all, I'm so grateful to be here. This is amazing. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. Of course, we're in your space today. I love it. I love it. I'm in LA today, guys. Um, I just flew in last night and I'm so I'm so happy to be here. How are you feeling today? 
I'm feeling fucking excited and I'm so grateful that we get to do this in the coziness of my space. I've never done a podcast like this before. It's always been through Zoom. So this is like major up leveling right now. (laughs) It's so different like to be in real life and to also like have the equipment in front of you. Like it just levels it up for sure. Yes. Oh my gosh. And by the way, like Kayla brought in a suitcase. She (laughs) set everything up. She was like, you want to light a candle? And I'm just like, what? Like, wow, we'd love to see it. We got our crystals in front of us too. Yes. Yes. I got my Chrysocola. She has her rose quartz. Yes. I have, this is called Afrolite. Literally looks like an alien like thing. It's crazy. Before we get into the episode, guys, grab yourselves a big glass of water, hit the download button, hit the subscribe button. Make sure to follow Kim. Instagram at Kim Syra. I'm so excited to have our conversation today and I don't want to drag on with small talk because that's not what we're here to do. We are here to strip down and dive in. Okay. So are you ready? Yes. So ready. Okay. I'm going to let you say the tagline. Okay, Kim. Who's ready to strip down and dive in? Yes, you did it. Okay, so I always love to begin with this segment because it's a way to ground ourselves before we get into the conversation and it's a way to just like start our vulnerability off right away. It's called owning your shit, own your shit. The segment, yeah, basically is what it sounds like. We just own our shit. So I'm going to give both of us a question. Own your shit, Kim. Why do you do what you do? I do what I do because when I was younger, I wished and I yearned for someone who looked like me to be doing what I do today. The fact that you just like have your message in like one sentence is so powerful because it's just shown that you've honed in on why you do what you do. And I think that just, do you feel like being able to hone in on your message allows you to communicate your message? Yes. I think just having a strong sense of self and knowing who you are has just, you know, for me has really helped me be able to feel confident in what I say, especially you know, I operate on social media. That is my main platform. And it's really easy to get caught up in like the likes and the comments of it all. And like how many people, people are seeing my stuff, but knowing who you are and being very authentic to that, you just know that that doesn't really matter at the end of the day because it's just social media, but your voice never really changes, you know? I love that. I love that. I can relate to that so much in like, Obviously, it's such a different situation, but I can relate to like wanting my younger self to like need someone who was spreading the messages that like I'm spreading online because like I felt like I didn't have much like emotional regulation as a child. People didn't teach me how to name my feelings. So like therefore really struggled with emotional regulation and being able to understand myself. So that's why I really love to talk and open up the conversation around emotions and vulnerability and feelings because I feel like that didn't happen in my household as a child. It was always like, everything's perfect and everything's fine. And if you don't want it to be that way, then that sucks for you. You can go sit in your room, like, you know? So it's like, I can relate to that feeling of wanting your younger self to have someone to look up to. And I really want to dive into it and give you the floor so people can understand your story and understand... Hey guys, we just want to take a quick break in this episode to let you know how to make your own podcast because we know each and every one of you has something important to say that will offer value to the world around us. We use Anchor. It's this sick platform that is free and has creation tools to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. And now you can add any song from Spotify directly to your podcast. The best part about this is that Anchor automatically distributes your podcast to all platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. This makes podcasting way too easy. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So if you're ready to share your value with the world, which we know you are, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm now to get started. Okay, let's get back to it. Why you do what you do and why your younger version of yourself needed you and now has you now. Yes, queen. We love younger Kim. Um, Yeah, I just want to give you the floor to dive into your story. How did you get to where you are? Like, let's just dive into your story and have people get to know you guys because Kim is truly an amazing person. I cannot wait for you guys to get to know her. 
Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. So my story starts with immigrating into America. I came here from the Philippines when I was like almost four and um, grew up mostly low income. My mom, you know, still to this day is a nanny and my dad, you know, worked jobs here and there to provide for the family. And so growing up, I knew I always wanted to do like a creative field. Like I was so into the art space and being an artist, but what kind of art? Honestly, like just visual art. Um, Actually, if you know LaGuardia High School, it's in New York City. It's um, it's the high school that Jennifer Aniston, Nicki Minaj, like they all went to this high school. I went to that high school as well, thinking that I would, um, you know, do performing arts and then graduate high school and get into the art field. But my parents and, you know, bless them, they're so great, but they were very much on the survival mode mentality and they told me in high school, they were like, yeah, this is the only time you're going to be doing art. So savor it because the minute you get to college, you're doing engineering. Damn. Yeah, like it was very much like that was the way it's going to be. So I ended up graduating high school, going to Penn State, and I was a computer science major. Failed out my first semester. And if you are Asian, you know, like it, you know, if you are in like that immigrant, low income, like you get my vibe it doesn't it's not good to just be failing out of college your first semester (laughs) what like what emotions did that bring up like yeah honestly I knew I wasn't going to be good in math or science. Like, I knew this wasn't my field, but um, my parents told me, they're like, you can go out of state. We'll even pay for your college. Do what we can. You don't have to worry about it as long as you do engineering. So for me, it was just like going to college. I, 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 I knew I wanted to go to college, but, you know, I just followed what I was told. So failed out. <laughs> Holy shit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Um, my advisor told me there is another major like the IT, information technology. It's like an easier version of computer science. And he says, you can do that. Um, and a bunch of your credits will transfer over. And I was like, okay, great. I did that, graduated in IT. When I graduated college, I moved to LA to work at Sony. So I was in IT, whatever, at Sony. 2019, end of the, end of the year during the pandemic, I lost my job. Thank God for that. I'm very now looking back, I'm like, oh, that was the universe totally telling me something. And then in 2020, um, yeah, it was just a matter of virality on social media. I was putting out infographics about being Asian and race, and it was almost like an overnight thing. And I, you know, held on to that. And I just was really thinking about the message then I want to give out to people knowing that, you know, when you get viral overnight, by the way, you don't know it's coming. It's very much like you don't plan for it. One of my posts just ended up getting viral and it was very interesting, very weird. So now I kind of just like own it and hone into it and think about, you know, what's to come next, I guess. Yeah, cool. So you weren't like expecting it at all. No, no, you weren't. And it was it wasn't something you were interested or you wanted or Yeah, no, I didn't really look into it. I thought I was gonna do IT for like the rest of my life. (laughs) Damn, that's crazy. So going kind of back to your childhood, like you were saying that you didn't grow up with representation. Can you dive into like the feelings of that and how that made you feel as a child and what view that brought for you and your, the view of the world that you created and the, and the stories in your head that was made from that, from not seeing representation? Yeah. Like, go back to little Kim. Like, what did you feel? Oh! How is it affecting you now? Yes. Oh, my God. Love this question. So growing up, I um, felt always that I did not belong. Like, it was just this constant fear of rejection especially when you grow up and you don't really see people on TV in your class that look like you. You know, growing up, my two main role models were Vanessa Hudgens and Brenda Song. Like, if you watch Disney Channel, like, you know. And beyond that, it wasn't really anyone else. Actually, my mom growing up, she wasn't really present in my childhood because um, she was working for the green cards. So she would be at work overnight, almost like every week. I would only see her on weekends. And this was for years growing up. 
So it was just finding this belonging that I really, really wanted to find. And I couldn't find it growing up. Actually, um, it wasn't until now, like actually last year, meeting a bunch of Asian people last year um, that I truly connected with where I was able to find that. But yeah, growing up, I felt rejected, very vulnerable. Actually, growing up, I was very shy. Um, I wasn't outgoing. Um, Yeah. Last year, like when you met other people, like, was that before or after the post blew up? Yeah, it was definitely after. And it was, you know, I love social media. It creates these communities. So yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. Wait, what was that community like for you? Like having that on social media, like feeling that type of community and feeling that like acceptance with people that understood you and understood like the way that you grew up, like how, how was that? Yeah, it made me realize that my experience isn't the only experience and that so many people, so many other Asian Americans, you know, people who aren't Asian can relate to my upbringing. And it was truly fucking wild to me because I thought I was the only one who felt rejected and couldn't belong and didn't see anyone who looked like me. So being able to connect with other people just made me realize like, okay, Kim, you have a voice, you have a platform, fucking use it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Did you feel that sense of like responsibility or? Yeah, definitely a huge sense of responsibility, a lot of pressure to, you know, say the right thing or, you know, say something that I knew people were going to agree with. And it was that balancing that and my actual truth, you know, because during my journey, even like into today, like I've realized a lot of things that the opinion now is completely opposite to what I put out on social media last year. Okay, wait, can you say more about that? Yeah, you know, I can give this beautiful example, which was, you know, last year I would often be extremely, extremely angry, like offline about racial um, tension or just like, you know, my racial, my own racial trauma. And I would put that on social media, like, okay, this is what's happening and this is what you have to oh, do. You had something that like blew up, right? Like that yeah. kind of went really viral. <laughs> Which one was it? Oh yeah. When you have multiple, um, when you were calling out James Corden. Oh, that, fuck didn't that yeah. one go pretty viral? Oh fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh my God. Okay. So last June last yeah last June this was during the very much like the height and the nitty-gritty of the stop Asian hate movement I went on um, TV I was like trying to look for examples of like yellow face you know so it's just like racist Asian portrayals in the media and I came across James Corden's spill your guts or fill your guts his TV segment and Basically, long story short, James Corden would bring up guests and it was pretty much like a truth or dare. He'd have a bunch of food on um, the segment. And if the guest doesn't answer the question correctly or like if the guest doesn't answer the question, um, they have to eat the food that's presented in front of them. Problem is, is that a lot of this food is rooted in Asian cultures. And then he would call the food disgusting, gross. Um, you know, it was just so disrespectful. It was disrespectful. And yeah, and I, I recognized a few of the dishes as dishes I would eat growing up and I don't see it that way at all. So um, I called him out and I asked um, publicly if he could apologize for doing that and then donate a bunch of money to Asian organizations. He didn't apologize, but he said that he wouldn't, you know, do that. He wouldn't put those foods out again. So it was okay. But that was pretty much like one aspect of the racial trauma that I was enduring offline. There were so many other instances of racial trauma in which I poured out onto social media in just feelings of anger and very much this black and white mentality. I'll say that. Yeah. I know it's like kind of intense and this isn't like your therapy session, but um, like, could you, if you feel like it, we don't have to though, you can always say no, um, dive into kind of like how last year like brought up like a lot of racial trauma for you and like like what feelings it brings up like just honestly like explaining obviously like I'm white I don't fully understand and I want to like honestly understand more and have like our listeners understand especially for people who can understand and relate to you you feel like diving in we don't have to though we can also move on oh no I'm so down okay cool okay cool because I'm like I don't want to like bring up your oh like, no I'm down racial trauma if you don't want to but I want to talk about it if you are open yeah I'm so open and also thank you for giving me a platform to talk about these things because it's very much not black and white and I feel like um I'm sure like 
on social media, if you've been following like Asian content creators and what we say or do, it's very much like, you know, this is how to be an ally. This is how to show up for us. But for me, as an Asian person and an Asian content creator, I actually had to go back on thinking about how what I'm putting out there is affecting other people. I'm very aware and I definitely have contributed to the things I put out there, especially regarding race. Um, You know, a lot of people, I guess people who even are part of my own community on social media would even go as far to say that they know how to be an ally. They know how to show up for Asian Americans specifically because of what Asian creators like myself have put out. And I'm so grateful for that. I really am. It's truly like this is the type of change I love to see, just like that love and community. However, on the social media content creator, like Asian, like on my side of things, right? There was a lot of thinking that had to be done as far as how and what I'm putting out there is affecting other people. So for example, um, minor example, which was like last year, I would often share images of, you know, Asian people getting hurt and all of these things, not realizing that by doing that, I was also activating my own trauma and possibly traumatizing others with this news. And it still happens today, but it's just like, how can I, as a social media content creator who has this responsibility, put out a message that isn't so hateful And that isn't coming from my own internalized anger that hasn't been healed yet versus coming out with a message of like love and joy and things that I, you know, at the end of the day, what are the solutions to like for me, for my own racial trauma, it's joy and healing and love. So why would I as a content creator put out messages of like anger and hate, you know, to create these solutions? Just to clarify, like when you or other people would see these images, it would almost like trigger something in your brain to bring up that racial trauma rather than helping it is that is that is that what i'm hearing yes it definitely for me at least triggered a lot of racial trauma sharing these images um and the intention of sharing these things is really so that people understand what's happening to our communities and the severity of it like honestly like like having the anger and having the rage like is like an important part of it like you have a right to be fucking pissed off like the shit is fucked up you know so it's important for people to see the severity so that's why you were doing that at the time right yes and I did it for, you know, for months and months and months. And it came to a point where I couldn't even leave my house because I was terrified that I would get hurt. It came to this point where I was depressed. Like I thought the world was out to fucking get me. That was what I was dealing on my own end with just sharing these um, messages and pictures of just anger. And I just felt like there has to be more to life than just this, you know? Yeah, like there was a lot of like anxiety. What do you feel like thinking about that right now, that time in your life where you were, that's, because that is definitely pretty heavy, like being like afraid to leave the house, you know, like what kind of anxiety was coming up for you? Like what, what, what thoughts come into your head thinking about that time? Now looking back, I'm actually really grateful to have um, gone through that. You know, obviously it's a lot of anxiety. It's very heavy, a lot of tension. But now looking back, I'm actually extremely grateful to have gone through that. Otherwise, I myself wouldn't have seen the changes that need to be made on my own personal end and going into healing my own internalized racial trauma. Wow. So how did you begin to do that? Like, where did your healing journey begin and what did it look like? Yeah, my healing journey began, I will even just go to say like when I started therapy and that was a few years ago and it really helped a lot um, with, you know, going through my own trauma and my own upbringing, my anxiety, but I would actually go as far to say my real like a lot of these epiphanies that were that I was having internally, it, it actually happened this year, early this year. I joined like supportive community groups with other people of color who I knew would understand me. And, you know, it was just these conversations in these community support groups that the topics were about abundance. The topics were about love. The topics were about joy. And I would actually contribute to these conversations and say, 
what the actual fuck? Like, how dare you? Like, I would come to these conversations saying like, wow, how dare you think that, you know, abundance is my fucking birthright. Like, you know, my people, my communities, like we're all getting hurt, you know, like joy. What the fuck? Like I came into these conversations with absolute anger, you know, and just talking to them made me realize like on a human level, like, yeah, like joy is our birthright. Abundance is our birthright. It's just a matter of being able to live that as your truth. And it's not easy. It's not easy. It's like every day is like um, a lot of nuance and a lot of thinking about, you know, what can I do for myself today that isn't in the reins of capitalism? It's like a lot of that nuances and thinking. Mm-hmm. But yeah. so when you went into those like groups, like, and you were saying things like that, like what would people say back to you do you remember something that like shifted your perspective or was it like one moment or is it a collective moments like what was it like that shifted your perspective because I just want to like first of all say like that you have a right to be like pissed off like as you know like I don't need to tell you fucking that but like for you not to be like re-traumatizing and hurting yourself and focusing on your own personal abundance and growth like yeah yeah well oh my god yeah I love first of all literally just want to touch on like that point of like you know you have the right to be angry and you have that right and I've been told this by so many other white folks like throughout the past couple of months like no you have a right to be angry and I'm just like true true and you know what I'm fucking grateful to even have that safe space to feel that way but like man I'm fucking tired of feeling angry like yeah you know and do you um, not like like when I just said that is that like annoying? No, to I you? love it. No, I love it. I love it. And I feel like, you know, actually my partner, he's white, okay? And like he is full white and I feel like throughout the past like 2, 3 couple of years like talking about race with him like is so interesting because he is learning from the content that I make. And now, like, in the space that I am now, I'm like, actually, like, you know, I've, I'm finding a lot of nuance in what I just said before. And he's like, oh, what? Like, did I not say anything? That it, Did I say something racist? And I'm like, no, it's just, you know, there's a lot more nuance to it. You know, I don't know if that made sense. No, no, that does. Like, <laughs> yeah. yes. No, that, that's why I'm, we're saying, guys, like, this is such a nuanced conversation yeah. because, I mean, we'll get into it later that, like, yeah, the systemic reasons versus energetic things like yeah but okay so the moment there was a couple moments there was a moment what did they what did they say to you so you came into these groups like angry pissed off like how fucking dare we be talking about this when there's so much that needs to be like solved politically and 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 in humanity and things like that yeah yeah so there is this one specific conversation i remember and by the way this uh community support group all bipoc all bipoc women and um i came into this group being like what is abundance what is joy what the fuck like people who look like me are getting hurt and all of these things um and then one of um the people in the group were like they came to me and they were like oh so do you believe asian people have the right to feel joyful and abundant and i came to her and i was like yes but like we're not you know we're not you know why because i'm not feeling that way and you know um there are so many things happening to asian people and then she was like okay like that and She's like, are you not seeing the solutions to that? And then she she said something very specific, which was, do you believe your people are going to be like that forever? And then I was just like, I mean, but the system made it so that we're supposed to be in this space forever. And she was like, okay, do you believe that to be your truth? And she she even went as far as to say what, you know, yes, the system But do you believe that to be your truth, that, you know, Asian people cannot um, achieve joy and abundance because it seems like you're thinking that way, right? And then I was just like, oh, oh, wait, hold up. No, wait. Like, it was total, like, I never thought of it like that because for the longest time, you know, I would always say, yeah, you know, we're never going to be abundant. We're never going to be able to get the best resources and like, you know, climb up the ladder, whatever the fuck it is, because we're under the patriarchy. We're under the system. Like we're trapped forever. Like there is a glass ceiling, you know, and this person pretty much opened the door for that for me and was like, do you believe that to be your truth though? Like you're only 25. And do you believe that to energetically be the truth of the Asian, of Asian people that they cannot get to abundance and joy? I was just like, Oh fuck. Like, 
no question mark and so that conversation if that made any sense 100% made sense yeah that conversation made me realize like okay my job now is to learn what this joy is and how we can get to it (laughs) wow literally as you were saying that like that story like I'm getting full on chills in my body like literally feeling the energetic shift that happened for you like and literally in the corner there I just saw this like literally white like ball like just fall down like right there which is so weird because there's no like light reflecting right there and I'm just like that was literally an angel like everyone is just like I feel like so fucking excited for that moment like I felt all the chills while you were talking about it like my eyes watering and just feeling how powerful that moment was how powerful that moment was and like how I don't know it seemed like it almost like it saved you because you it's not just like your community but you personally deserve to feel joy and you personally should live your creative expression and be able to use your creative field as your job and to be able to create wealth and health and abundance like you personally deserve that and was that like a shift for you like your in your personal life yeah I was like tired of feeling tired and um yeah almost you know when I think of joy I always thought it was like live laugh love like you know what the fuck like yeah it's like okay and but now I'm just like no like you know we I have been conditioned all my life to feel like, you know, joy is not even in the picture and abundance in itself, you know, was never in the picture. And now that I'm thinking about it, like, actually, this was like months of me thinking about this of just like, what if like, you know, I was supposed, you know, the conditioning was to feel this way. And the whole point of life is to unlearn that and realize like joy and abundance is our birthright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're making a hundred percent sense. Yeah, just let you know, <laughs> this is beautiful. And like, yeah, what do you? Can you dive in um, a little bit to that phrase that you keep repeating? Because I love that phrase. Joy and abundance is our birthright. Like, can you dive into what that is and what that means for you? Like, just go on a little bit of a tangent explanation of that. I fully believe. And listen, I would have not said this a year ago, but I fully, truly believe that doesn't matter what race you are, class you are, etc. Like on a human being energetic level, we intrinsically are abundant and abundance doesn't mean money. Abundance doesn't mean how much wealth you have, like material wealth you have. It just means that as a whole, like when you came onto this earth, like you are a full light abundant being. And I think the whole purpose of our lifetime is to get back to remembering that because we forget, you know, and especially living in the system we we're in, it's like we, we have accumulated these layers of doubt, fear, you know, if, like racism, whatever it is. And then um, we forget that we are abundant full beings. So it's just like getting back to that remembering, I think. Yeah, I love that. And we talk about that a lot on this podcast for all the listeners who are back again. Maybe some people are here just for Kim and from your page. But for those of you who are part of the skinny dipping fam, um, we always talk about the remembering and the reawakening because the thing is, it is all within us. Like we all inherently know that truth that we are inherently worthy and that we deserve everything that our hearts could ever desire. But we come into this world that systemically makes that seemingly impossible and makes that very difficult in the way that we associate ourselves with the world around us. So to just remind ourselves consistently and also like that's why affirmations and things like that are so important because you're reprogramming your brain and reminding yourself like to say, hey, this is the truth. Like I am remembering that I am inherently worthy and that joy and abundance is my birthright and like for those of you like for, we know that we love like the little science behind it like the purpose of saying affirmations like that over and over again is because your brain really likes what's familiar to it your brain will only register what is familiar to it because familiar equals safe our brain like from an evolutionary standpoint will always choose what is familiar and what is safe so to consistently remind yourself write it down speak it out loud that you are inherently worthy and that you are remembering who you truly are like affirming that over and over and over again eventually that will become your new truth so being able to like have phrases like abundance is my birthright joy is my birthright is so fucking powerful because you're reprogramming your brain to remember who you actually are so I love that you said that I love that you said that 
This is a perfect explanation. Oh my God. I love it. Love it. (laughs) Like, so you made that shift over social media. You were like, Hey guys. And that's actually when I reached out to Kim guys was when you made this shift because I was like, Oh my God, this is perfect. You're coming into like this mental health space. Like this is where I am. Like I wanted to have you on before because I've been following you, but I was like, but this is like the perfect like crossover and like you literally went and announced you're like hey I'm not gonna be posting this shit anymore because it's hurting me so if you follow me for that shit and you don't like what I'm posting now like unfollow basically or like how did you go about making that shift what did you feel in making that shift were you like are people gonna feel like I'm betraying them like things like what what emotions were coming up for you during that shift because well basically to summarize like you can also like elaborate on this but to summarize guys like like I just said, she like came out on social media and was like, hey, I'm making this shift to this kind of content of joy and abundance. And this is what I'm doing now instead of like calling people out. And like, I think we said in um, our pre-interview, you're like, there's always going to be people like showing the severity of things. There's always going to be people um, calling people out and and as they should. But that's just not for you kind of. Yeah. So talk about that. What do you think? Yes. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. I um, went on a retreat for my birthday. It was like a week long retreat, came back, had a lot of epiphanies. It was a yes, spiritual Pisces retreat. queen. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a spiritual retreat, had a lot of beautiful conversations, came back on the plane instantly, instantly basically realized like, okay, shit needs to change internally. And if people want to get on the bandwagon, like they can, if, if not, they can go. And that's, you know, human beings are very interesting because we're so diverse and it's, um, to many ways now I respect people who think differently than I do because it's like, it's, you know, from a very weird like standpoint, it's like, wow, the beauty and humanity. But anyway, yeah, basically went on social media and I said, I'm not going to call people out anymore. Context to that is that last year during the height of AAPI hate, um, I would literally publicly call out white people for appropriation. Like this was like my thing. Um, James Corden was not the only one. And I would just be like, this is hella appropriation. This is, you know, kind of racist. So I would call it out. There is two sides of the coin to that. And I understand both sides. But for me, it's just not my thing anymore. I don't really see a purpose in that for me. That was the first thing. And then the second thing was just sharing traumatizing content not for me anymore and like people are gonna do that anyway so you can just you know people can follow them and for me it's just okay what do I want to see the most and it's solution-based activism like it's solution-based things content and nothing that traumatizes people anymore at least for my end um, because I'm tired and I was being affected by it so just owning up to my own shit publicly and being like yes this is what I've been thinking about and like you know a tangent to this is like accountability culture right we love to call people out and be so that they can be accountable for you know whatever they do if it's a mistake and I respect that you know great but like I don't find that any more conducive to my mission so what is your mission now yeah so my mission now is like you know to talk about joy to talk about abundance to talk about the things that I wasn't able to talk about last year especially just like being Asian and growing up Asian and all these nuanced experiences like I put out a post today about like you know do you have parents as an Asian person that didn't support your creativity what did that look like um and those are nuanced experiences that really only Asian people who've gone through that will will understand. And those are the conversations I want to be a part of. So you want to make people like feel less alone and yes. really highlight the, like you were saying earlier, like the solution around it. Yes. So kind of what I'm hearing you say is like you found in your journey through your own healing journey, through needing, needing to be in the place that you were last year, through going on the retreat, talking to the people that you've talked to, like all through this journey, like the opposite and the solution to the hatred is what love (laughs) (laughs) yes and what else like elaborate on that love it's a lot of nuance it's a lot of you know seeing beyond the black and white that's presented to you on social media it's a lot of seeing you know appreciating people for their differences like you know yeah it's all of that Okay, cool. Yeah, I love that. Cool. In your own personal journey, like let's like kind of bring it back. So you've been focusing in this place and working on yourself for to create abundance and joy and wealth and health in your life. Like that's kind of where you're at right now in your journey. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. One word answer is all we need. Um, I would love to like talk about that because like you were saying, like you didn't really have someone to look up to who was doing that, who was kind of like breaking through that systemic glass ceiling. So I want to talk about your journey with that. What are you like actively doing to shift that mindset, create more abundance in your life? Like what are you actually doing? So people who are listening, who are like, wait, I feel that way. I grew up that way. I can relate to that. Um, maybe, maybe they're Asian or maybe they're low income or maybe they're from immigrant parents or maybe they're an immigrant themselves. Like maybe they relate to you in a numer- numerous ways, maybe only one like but they want to know like well how are you shifting that mindset because right now I feel like I can't do that I can't do that and I want to but I feel like I can't because I never have seen someone who has done it and haven't seen that representation but the thing is Kim is that now you are that representation like how does that feel oh my god (laughs) um yeah I'm like learning how to step into that power yeah yeah it's it's like last year i would just be like no and it's not worth it like i'm gonna just stand on the sidelines but now i'm like no fuck yeah like yes it's just kind of scary like to think that you could be like a role model for someone and be like oh shit people are looking up to me but at the end of the day like by simply being you and living in your authentic self is how you do that like you don't have to be anything for anyone all you have to do is be you and the people that will resonate with that we'll see that is that what you're learning kind of yes oh my god I need this repeated to me like every night because yes <laughs> okay well we'll have it on the pod and, 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 we'll, and we'll mark like the time so you can go so you can just remember hey Kim <laughs> hey yes. Kim, just wanted to let you know you don't have to try to be anything for anyone all you have to do is be yourself and those who are attracted to it and who are inspired by it will follow and will come and will be there you don't have to be anything for anyone Fuck yeah. Yes. What what was I going to say though? There's something that we were leading into. Oh yeah. How are you actually like doing the work? Cause like we love applicable advice here. Like what are you actually doing to shift that mindset? If you grew up in like, I would call it like a scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. Like that's Mm -hmm. usually when people are doing like work, limiting belief work around abundance and around scarcity guys, like the two terms that we talk about and I'm just going to like lay them out so that people know what we're talking about. Um, A scarcity mindset is I don't have enough, I'll never have enough, I can't do it. And just really coming from that repeated affirmation that you can't and you won't and you don't have the ability to and it's not for you, um, where abundance mindset is I can literally fucking do anything and the universe is protecting me and has my back and is uplifting me and guiding me on this journey. And to make that shift is really fucking hard. So yeah how 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 have you done it like what has been the work you've been doing yeah I'll give this tip that I've been doing every single fucking day and it's really changed my mindset and it's the practice of gratitude so even before I get out of bed in the morning I'm already in my head saying I'm so grateful I get to wake up this morning I'm so grateful I get to wake up in a bed I'm so grateful I get to wake up in a house I literally just go on and on and on about everything I'm grateful for the minute my feet touch the floor after I get out of bed I'm so grateful I can you know put my feet on the floor I'm so grateful I can brush my teeth this morning literally on and on and on and then after that I'll get into my meditation so basically the whole morning I'm just in my head repeating things that I am grateful for At the end of the day, I have a journal and I write down every single thing that I could possibly remember or have the time to write of what I am grateful for because I feel like we often don't really see how much we have because we're always chasing for more, you know? It's like whether it's the material, whether it's the the wealth, like we're always thinking we don't have enough, but we're not really seeing that we actually have so much Um, And, you know, we're being provided for, but if we don't allow ourselves to see that, then, you know, we will stay in the scarcity or lack mindset. Yeah. So basically to begin to step into this abundance mindset, what we need to do is be grateful for what we already have. (laughs) And then in turn, everything else will come because energetically you will be saying, I fucking have everything I have. And that opens up your heart. It opens up your field. Then the universe can pour into you. And then the universe can be like, hey, like, I fucking can, (laughs) I fucking can help you out now because you see what you have and you're open. But as soon as you're like, oh, I don't, I don't have enough, like, fuck that. Like, 
fuck my life. Like literally you're you energetically close to the universe and the universe is like, Hey, now we have to do some things to open you up. And that's when fucking shit comes into your life to open you up. And honestly, sometimes break you down. Cause that makes you vulnerable and like makes you open up. Cause sometimes we close cause we're trying to obviously protect ourselves, which is totally fair. And we want to still protect ourselves, but we don't want it to impede us from achieving the abundance that we want in life, you know? And it seems like you're doing that beautifully. Have you worked with like coaches or a therapist or like have you worked with someone that has helped you with that yes i go to a coach now um shout out because her at is i am melissa ruiz she is amazing she's been my coach for the past few months and i was going to a therapist um but now i'm mostly relying on like eastern healing modalities like acupuncture coaching and all that yeah i love that that's so cool yeah like i kind of I mean, I call her my therapist, but she's really like a healer. Like she is trained in like a lot of like therapy things and does like EMDR and things like that. But she also does body work. When you come to Maui, Ken's going to come visit me in Maui. I'm determined. Um, (laughs) When you come visit me in Maui, you have to go to her. Like she is literally amazing. She does body work on you while like talking to you and like doing visualization things and doing all these different like techniques um, because it's so much more effective because it puts your brain in like theta, which is like you're able to access such deep memories through the body work and her body work is like the best body work. So half the session is talking, half the session is body work. And yeah, I'm also obsessed with like Reiki acupuncture and all those things. Like it's so important. And obviously like not everyone can afford that. So it's just like something with like the gratitude and meditation, like guys, YouTube guided meditations, like there is so much free shit out there. Like I'm always posting on my stories, like the meditations that I do, like from rising higher meditation I love, or like Iris, you know, she has meditations that are amazing. Like what do you do when you meditate? Yeah, I, so yeah, I love the guided meditations. I also use Insight Timer, um, the app. It's like fucking free and it's really great. I do a lot of visualization meditations and a lot of meditations connecting to my spirit guides. Yeah. Yeah, that's super cool. I love that. Getting messages from your guides. Um, So going back to like the abundance mindset, like earlier we talked about the glass ceiling and how you felt for your community that the glass ceiling was just there and it systemically was there, which it is. Um, and this is where the nuance comes in, guys. And this is, I really want you to dive in and elaborate and talk about this because we talked about this in our pre-interview. And basically you were like, systemically, it exists energetically I can do whatever the fuck I want to do in this life and can you talk about the nuances of that because it is complicated it is complicated to grasp your head around yeah it is a lot of nuance um and this is where the black and white thinking does definitely not come in because systemically looking at the facts of everything yes 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 like there is a glass ceiling in fact i have actually spent so much of my time researching like the wage gaps and the differences of pay between all um, diasporas of asians and all of that so yes it is a thing and we can also say that energetically like on a human level minus race minus class like on an like energetic soulful level there is no glass ceiling because this concept of abundance, you know, it's like almost, um, it's almost like law of attraction, like, and gravity, like gravity does not pick on who gets to stay on the ground and who is floating on floating up. Like it's, it's like the laws of the universe and abundance is one of them. So all human beings have the capacity to access this abundance. It's just that systemically, on the human earthly level like we forget that because of the system that we're in so um that's the nuance yeah so in that nuance like how do we create a space that leaves conversation and like leave and and it's just like the best we can like what is the best space that we can create like what can I do what can you do what can we all do to create a space that that very much so like I know you know what I'm getting at but I just want to like know get them what we're getting at like to just create a space and a place where like systemically we're like fighting against like the inequalities and the things that are not right with humanity in this human body in this human form because we systemically are within a society who has created these systemic boundaries and also allowing people to energetically level up and know that they can do whatever they need like how do we create 
that space that does both because you don't want to just be like, oh, well, energetically, like it's great. So I guess we don't have to deal with that shit anymore. Like it's like, that's not true. <laughs> like we need to like work towards um, making this country like a better place. So how do we do that as well as knowing that? Does that make sense? Am I yes, making sense? Yes, yes, okay, yes, cool, cool, yes, cool. yes. I, it's a kind of a loaded question and yeah. obviously you don't have to know like but I'm just wondering what you think about that yeah 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 I think immediately what came to my mind was finding the beauty in contrast and like allowing ourselves to understand that you know yes on a system level shit sucks on so many different things but like um appreciating the contrast and understanding like at least for me, like this um, mentality that I never have enough and like unlearning that, like that's part of the human experience. Like that is beauty in the human experience. Remembering ba- remembering who I actually am at my core. Um, so that alone is just appreciation. And I, I, I'm sure like, you know, you don't have to agree with me like as a listener, but like for me, I've actually like, I work to this point where I can just appreciate the contrast and things while still doing my part to you know, elevate that vi- the vibration of like at least the country that I live in. Another solution that came to mind that, you know, is very tangible is having more safe spaces for BIPOC, for queer people, for women, like these safe spaces where we feel seen and heard are so crucial to conversations that we're not seeing on social media. Actually, a lot of like my pivotal moments and my growth happened offline in these safe spaces. So I think um really understanding that social media is really not the end-all be-all and um we really need to fund you know more loving community spaces and I mean like looking back to like you know tangent point but like looking back to like if you follow Ram Dass and like his time when he was speaking to so many people like those intimate spaces are where where a lot of nuanced conversations were happening and really helped a lot of people so yeah wow I love that such applicable advice also, like the download that came to my mind also is, which is like indirect relation with yours, is also on social media, as well as in these safe spaces, giving voice, listening and opening up conversations about BIPOC, like joy, abundance, success, and elevating those conversations so that there is more of that and that will kind of create the momentum. What do you think? Yes. Oh my God. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I mean, I think that is just like definitely key is like opening up those safe spaces and like having, having those safe spaces and also elevating that on social media. And I love what you say, like social media isn't the end all be all because like social media is not nuanced. Like it is not nuanced at all. Like you see one post, you see one video of someone and you like assume, you know, their whole life, like, it's just fucking ridiculous. So that's why I fucking love, that's why I love podcasting guys. Like podcasting is my shit because we get to dive into the nuances of it. And like, yeah, that's super cool. And I love that you have found those spaces and that they have like really, really helped you. Yes. Amazing. Is anything else coming to your mind right now? Downloading in? Yeah. I think what comes to mind also is like, um, this thought and, um, I've been sitting on this thought lately of just like, you know, America like a lot of this country is based on colonization and we tend to forget our roots our ancestral roots and like you know the ways of modalities of healing that our ancestors have accessed are not the same that we access today right like I tell my partner like western therapy is amazing but that's not like it won't it's not going to be applicable for everyone and that's okay um so it's just like how can I as an individual get back to grounding the way that my ancestors have and having that connection to my family lineage you know in a spiritual way and a lot of that isn't through therapy for me for me for me at least because I went to therapy for quite a bit and I loved it but now it's just like very much through eastern um, healing modalities, you know, like we mentioned at Reiki, acupuncture, shadow work, even if it's alone, all of that. So it's like those have also on an individual level have helped me a lot with understanding these nuances in life. Wow. I love that. I, I, I honestly, I've been thinking about that too, because like my family is like, they're Jewish and I've been like, damn, like I need to like learn more about like where they came from because there's so many like healing modalities within 
within like my culture too that I'm like wait why am I not accessing these things like in my family my dad's side family like, we're very very Jewish and I'm like why am I not like tapping into these things because like I could probably learn so much about myself through them and like that really inspired me so thank you and I feel like I mean I feel like a lot of like people are like well like like I'm white like I don't have a culture to go back to but like you do like there has to be there's there's like you got to go back like there is something like they there is like ancient healing things for every every culture so you just got to go back yes oh my god this reminded me of okay my partner said this too he's full white and he was like white people don't have culture and I literally told him no that's not true like you absolutely do it's you know like it's just so sad because I feel like in many ways like we've all been bamboozled and I can you know that's another thing but it's just like yes white people also have culture (laughs) yeah that's funny and like to go back like I mean especially like in like Hebrew culture like I definitely know that I can like find some real good shit back there so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go look for it I'm gonna dive into that so if someone out there is listening and they're like I want to join a safe space like this where I can highlight my joy and abundance and wealth like where where do they find those spaces <laughs> like how how do people actually find those spaces this is how i did it i basically followed a bunch of um you know queer or bipoc individuals and a lot of them share community virtual community spaces so it does circulate around online but also i do have a coaching program and we actually touch upon joy and abundance for like an entire month it's like a three-month program so you can also work with me individually. Yes. Yes. I want to work with you. What the fuck? fuck that sounds yes. amazing. Like <laughs> listening to you talk today, I'm just like, damn, like we all would benefit from having these conversations so much more. And that's why I love the podcast and love what I'm personally doing, because all I want to do and this is what I told you when we first hopped in the call. I was like, all I want to do is facilitate these conversations and like open up this space. And like even the last episode I had on the last season, like I literally had my listeners like say a little thing and record a little thing for me to like edit in the podcast like for everyone to have a voice and for everyone to open up their voice around these conversations and to dive in because the thing is guys once you start talking about things and you have other people's like points of view they just kind of like work themselves out and you come to so many realizations that you would never just come to by just like thinking by yourself and sitting there and thinking by yourself I mean obviously even writing it down by yourself is really powerful because you can kind of go through your like train of thought and your stream of consciousness and go through that but by actually talking things out with someone you gain such a different perspective because each person brings their own life experiences and also their ancestral experiences and what their mom and their mom and their mom and their mom passed on to them and so many different collective experiences and individual experiences brought to the table so when you start opening up conversations like things just become clear you know did you find that in your conversations and your spaces and things like that yes and i'm finding that here too just like having this space like even on this podcast to like talk about these nuances and these experiences like you cannot find this really on in an infographic that i'll post you know it's just like these are the spaces that i feel like people should listen to in my opinion (laughs) no yeah I totally agree and this conversation is so impactful because I feel like um, whether people have experienced a similar thing as you or not I think every single person will relate to this in some way shape or form any age because I mean we have all experienced different trials in our life so I think anyone will relate to this whether they like completely relate to everything you're saying or not Cool. So this week, guys, we're going to come up with a challenge. This is like a very important part of the podcast, Kim, (laughs) is we do a challenge. We do this so that people can kind of be like, well, what can I actually applicably take away from this? I love that. Wait, I love this. I love the way this is whole. Yes. Okay, cool. Okay. Okay, Kim is going to bring it in and she's going to talk about the challenge for this week, guys. And we like to make it easy because we want everyone to be able to participate. It's all in the small steps. Like, remember that you're not going to get from here to there in a big jump. Like, literally just one foot in front of the other. Like, just, like, keep going, keep moving through. So that's why this challenge this week is going to be super simple and everyone can do it. And I expect you to do it. Hold each other accountable. Let's fucking go. Yes. Okay. So the challenge for this week is at the end of your day, every day for this week to just write down one to five things that you're grateful for. Um, And if you don't have the capacity to write it, just say it out loud to affirm it. 
Yes, I love that. Okay, cool. We got it. Let's see it. Take pictures, tag us, um, and show us like your little journal moment, how you set yourself up, little self-care Yes. Moment. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. I wanted to touch on like we touched on like how do we create spaces to support BIPOC joy and creativity and abundance. We talked about that by the safe spaces, right? Is there anything else you want to add to that? Because that's something I definitely want to like a big takeaway that I want from the podcast. How do we like create this space um for this experience yeah my recommendation is just to really uplift and you know yeah uplift asian creators uplift asian community spaces bipoc queer community spaces because it really starts at least if you are on social media it really starts with just sharing resources there's always going to be one person who wants to find these spaces but doesn't know how so sharing and amplifying are always like the best ways yeah, cool. And creating more like representation. Yes, more. Oh my God, more representation. So if you find yourself in these positions and you're just like, I have a voice and I want to use it, you know, get out there and like make content. Or, <laughs> yeah. Yes, no, totally. So for people who like really would love to be that representation, but maybe are like fearful or anxious or things like that, like what would you say to them? Honestly, know that if you are going through something most likely someone else is going through the exact same thing as you are and are looking for solutions so you can be that solution and yes it is scary yes it's um could be anxiety inducing but know that um someone told me this during the james corden thing which was change isn't smooth like if you really want to make impactful change like you're going to receive feedback so step into your power i guess (laughs) no i love that i love that you like showed both sides of that because like even people who are leading in a space like still need to receive feedback and still need to shift and morph into the best version of themselves that they want to be in that space. That's definitely something that I've experienced, like people coming back to me and being like, oh, well, you could be doing this better. And I'm like, facts, (laughs) like facts. And it's also like the nuance of the nuance of that is like, yes, like, listen to other people but also know who you are at your core like that's where the balance beam comes in there where it's like all nuance like it's not one or the other guys like if you take anything away from this conversation like the nuances are there like whether you like them or not like it's never going to be this or that it's never going to be one or the other like it literally is both and both and both and yes (laughs) i love that but yes amplifying and then stepping into your power and fucking speaking your voice maybe starting your own podcast or your own space or even just getting with your friends and having conversations like my friends and i like we started this thing called book buds just like coming together and like having these conversations that i'm having here but in real life it was actually my really good friend Gigi who started it and it's literally so inspiring because it's like we talk about so many things and it's just like, well, let's create a space even within our own lives, within our own, within our own close friends to open up these conversations. Like you have the ability, like if you don't want to go and like talk to strangers online, like they won't be strangers for long, like you'll create a community, but you can also reach out to your friends and be like, Hey, like let's have a little tea party and like make me me and my friends, like we're like, let's make a charcuterie board and chill and fucking well for us we'll be like let's smoke some weed and have these deep conversations and prompts that are gonna like prompt us in these conversations and it's literally so fucking fun and i would highly recommend because you can create these spaces yourself and yeah just opening opening up the space and opening up space for other people's experiences and being like well what is your story and what are you feeling and you know like hold space for other people i think that's also super important I love that. I'm going to do that in my friend group. So we love a charcuterie board. Yes. Yeah. We love a charcuterie board. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much for coming on, Kim. Thank you so much. This was such a joy. Like literally queen of joy. Like I feel like you just radiate joy and you can see it. Like, I mean, I didn't know you a year ago personally, so I don't know how you've changed like in the way that you radiate, but you really are glowing. Like when I walked in today, I was like, damn you can tell this bitch is working on herself like you are glowing oh wait that's so sweet oh my god well thank you so much for having me it's honestly an honor and a joy and i'm honestly so so grateful to have these conversations so thank you so much i'm so grateful to have you on this conversation um you can follow me guys at skinny dipping diaries for the podcast at sunday's kk and you can find kim 
at Kim Syra on Instagram. Yes, and hopefully on all platforms soon. <laughs> Maybe YouTube. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm going to let you wrap it up with a final thought. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And just to wrap things up, just know that abundance is our birthright and that we all should have equitable access to joy no matter who you are. Warmer, sunnier days are calling, so fuel up with them with factors, no prep, no mess meals. If you are like me, sometimes you can forget to feed yourself when you're super busy, and that's why I love Factor. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious and great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore and you can have as little or as much as you want every single week. And if this interests you at all, I'm going to give you guys 50% off only for Skinny Dipping listeners. So head to factormeals.com slash skinny50 and use code skinny50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. Win-win. That's code skinny50 at factormeals.com slash skinny50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Go check it out. It'll make your life so effortless and nutritious. As the weather is getting warmer, it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I've wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul and I don't want to spend a fortune. I'm constantly wearing the 100% washable silk slip dress and people ask me all the time where I got it from. I've also now got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking on trend year after year. By partnering directly with top factories, Kintz cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Kintz only works with factories that use safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, which you know is so important to me when it comes to clothing brands. Get warm weather ready with Kints. Go to kints.com slash skinny dipping for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash skinny dipping to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Kints.com slash skinny dipping.